someone else or even God himself. You're not thinking in your higher reasoning mind. You are living in your primal mind, your young mind, your youth place, which it's easy to default there. But now we move higher to where empathy and compassion and kindness live. That's where we camp out. That's home for us. And that's why everything we say, we are to say it in love. Everything we do, are we doing it in love? If I can't say it with a smile or a softness to my face, it's not ready to be said. If I can't say it with a relax of my posture, my fists, my arms, wherever I get tight, it's not ready to be said. And this is where the Lord gets his one-on-one -on -one time with us to purify us so that we are delivering the message to ourselves, receiving the message to ourselves first that is pure gospel, and then we can go out into the world bringing it to others because those are connected. This is not selfish Christianity. We're not just here to be like, feed me, God, feed me, feed me, feed me, uh, more, 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 me, me, me. We, that's, that's where we get spiritually fat and lazy. And that actually is callousness. That's why the religious people had a calloused heart. When Jesus said, you don't hear this because of your calloused heart, that word calloused means to be fat. You have a fattened heart. You've been sitting on your rules You've been demanding work of other people. You have basically legalized this oppression of people under your laws. That is not what Jesus came to give us. He gave us a fulfillment of the law in something higher, which is grace. Grace makes it possible for us to come up to this radical place of reasoning, of kindness, of empathy, thinking about my body differently, thinking about food, my relationship to food, my relationship to people. Come on. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Cindy said, Cindy from, uh, I'm like Cindy from Syracuse. No, Cindy Syracuse, I, I might've said that wrong, says that heir to the crown cleansed her heart. That is another book I would encourage you guys. You can get it on Amazon, Heir to the Crown. I wrote it a few years ago. I wrote it really with the daughter's heart in mind. It's a book for it's a mind-body devotion for the women of God, for the daughters of God, uh, and it will. It will absolutely um, continue this practice of breathing because breath work just brings things down. I get really passionate. Sometimes I hear the Holy Spirit saying, hey, take a breath. <laughs> just You're so excited, Elisa. But when we can sit in quiet, you know, I start every day, every day, I start in silence, in solitude. I get up, pretty much the first one up in my house. It is still dark when I get up because that's the quietest time. And I will open up a piece of scripture, sometimes just the U version app. I look at the word of the day or the verse of the day, and I'll just open that up, read it, read it a few times, and then I move into a mind, like a quiet meditation where I'm just rolling over that word and breathing. I'm not trying to study. I'm not trying to like do anything. I'm actually using the word to, in case I start thinking about the meeting that I'm going to have at two o'clock or the Facebook live that I need to do, when I start doing that, I'm like, oh wait, I come back to the word and I say the word and I just sit, I invite God to come in and just soothe me. It's a soothing place. Remember I talked about, and I don't remember what day it was, but I talked about starting your day slow. That's kind. It's kind to move slow. Give yourself some slow ramp up time so that you're not shocking your system out of bed and let's go. We got things to do. That's a definitely a hook for a religious spirit to get in there.
Okay. All right, so let's jump into today's teaching. Yes, you're doing it with your daughter. Yeah, so Heir to the Crown, you can get it on Amazon. Um, yes, it's super, super simple stuff. Uh, a daughter really could do it ages 12 and higher, probably could have a good time practicing like two to three minutes of some breath, a breathing prayer, and then a little uh, identity devotional really, and then some time, some space to journal. Okay, yeah, your overall experience with Revelation Wellness has been to slow down be kind <laughs> and small is good. Oh, I love that. My changes, my, my tendency is to create changes big, fast and make it happen. Self-reliant, walk and talk like Jesus, be led by the spirit. If no peace, then out of alignment. Come on, Kimberly, are you a revelation wellness instructor? I'm just saying, I'm saying you got that down. That is so like, that is my old life. That is who I was a striver, a doer, a keep going, um, fast change, make it happen. Self-reliant. Yeah. It's the best. I love my life now and I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still being transformed. So, okay. All right. Let's talk about, let's get this, this elephant in the room, call it out what it is. Some of you are like, what does it look like for me to keep going? And I love that today's devotional, I didn't know, like I've, I've written this content and I haven't seen it in a while. And the Lord had already given me today's word and also given me a, a really, I hope a visual, although I don't really have a visual, but something that I have been asking the Lord, please help me understand what this looks like in your kingdom because I can't make sense or heads or tails of it. He finally told me what it is today. And then I open up today's devotional that you guys got and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was all about what? It was about joy, right? He is, this is concrete evidence that he has spoken and here's what we need to keep going and here's what keeps us going. Okay, so Romans 8.35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Come on, as it is written, and now it's quoting the Old Testament, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Everyone, let's say that together. No, I love that. No, like we're not gonna be killed. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you've received anything from me or this program or these 30 days, here's what you've received. You have turned away from a old thought process or approach to your food, your body, your vision, your weight loss, whatever it is, you've, you've returned, you've repented. You go, okay, right? I'm going to look at this from God's way, God's perspective. So when you turn, the minute you turned, day one or day seven before you signed up, when you turned, this happened. Like this, 
embodiment, like the minute it's like Luke 15, when the prodigal son comes home, the prodigal son doesn't have to say anything. The father just runs. The minute he can see the face of the son, he runs to him. There's no excuses and there's no, re there's no, you can't try and explain yourself because he doesn't care. He's just like, you're here. You're here. It means like there's a part of you. You know, you are the glory of God revealed. There's you, you. When you look in the mirror, you are an image of God being revealed to the earth because every person is made in his image from their hair color to their voice texture and tone. He knows every, Psalm 139, that he knows everything. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He consecrated, he called you. He gave you. He knew everything about you. There's nothing. You weren't born and he didn't go. Wow, she really, she's a lot smaller than I thought she would be. <laughs> no, he knew I would be a preemie. Four, actually, I was full term and I didn't weigh five pounds. I was full term at four pounds, eight ounces, a tiny little thing. But he knew, right? Like everything. He knew the color. He knows I've got like about, well, I don't know. Can you see that gray hair? I've got some other gray. He knows how many hairs, like the thoughts are of, of us as there are sand on the seashore. Like he knows everything. It's beautiful. So the minute you turned, he's like a part of him returns to himself, if that makes sense. Now, God is not lacking, but there's this overwhelming, my son, my daughter is home. And you make a home with him, which is just representation of, you're not just living with God and you're just not cohabitating with him. You're married to him. You marry and that marry is now a covenant. These 30 days have all been about you being in covenant with the Lord, being in relationship for better or for worse, for thicker or for thinner, for fat or for lean, for hungry, for full, whatever it is, I'm in. At least I hope so. I hope that's been what you realize. That's what God's getting after. Some of you might be like, it, it scares you to be married to God. And you know why? Because somebody in your life who was supposed to love you, who was supposed to embody love and a faithfulness and a loving kindness didn't do it. And he knows. And that's why he's patient. He's not going to kick down the door and force you to marry him and to choose him and to be with him. But you're here and you're reading those devotionals and your heart was made for this. Your heart was made that you are so one with God. That's what Jesus prayed for. He prayed most that we would be one, that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And pray, I pray, Father, that you, we would now be in them, that we would be one. There'd be no where they end and we begin. It, it just gets, the lines get so blurred that there's no separation of us. And that's what God's been doing here for 30 days. <clears throat> now, Okay, I just saw this. Crystal said, I failed miserably on this challenge. I just, don't want to, I just don't understand why I always quit things. Been giving up on things all my life. I'm at my wit's end. I wanted to go through instructor training, but I feel that's all out the window now. Oh, wow. I'll probably quit it too. Sorry, y'all, for the negative post. Okay, thank you. Crystal posted. Crystal kept it real. You know what Crystal did? <clears throat> Crystal just lost some weight because that's really what's weighing her down. Um, here's the thing, Crystal. You're still here. Look at you. Look at you being in community. Community. Look at you still checking in on this page. 
yes, there are some strongholds in you. There's something in you. There are, remember we talked about, I hope you've listened to the teachings. They're on the podcast, Crystal. We walked you through this loving kindness. You've got to receive this vision of his kindness. We worked on having a vision for this God who loves us. Because if, if we don't have a vision for it, it's not real to us. We need an encounter of his, of his kindness. But remember at the very first week, we talked about how to deconstruct and pull down some of these limiting beliefs that we have, things and the fears and lies. Those things still need to be worked on. So here's what we can't do, Crystal and the such like you who feel like I'm always in the same place. You can't keep doing the same thing. You can't keep doing, and you also can't predict that it's not going to go well. Because that is absolutely true. In the unseen world, the observer creates reality. That's a quantum physics fact. So if you think you are going to fail, you're going to fail. If you think that you are not loved by God, you will not be feeling loved by God. What you think about, you become. So limiting belief, you've got to challenge your beliefs. Like you got to go to war, got to go to war, go to war. And that's where the be still and be loved. If you haven't done those, Crystal, I would go on a full-time diet of be still and be loved. You don't got to go any more jumping jacks, do anything else. You got to lay yourself down and receive the truth of his love for you. If you haven't done anything new, you didn't get anything new. And there is a liar, a thief, an accuser who tells you he doesn't want you to have anything new. And he also wants you to look at everything wrong and not what's right. Okay, I'm just sidebarred here, but that, this matters to me. Listen, this weekend um, when I left, or this last week, I left Jacksonville, Rev on the Road, and I went to a town and um, I was there. And you guys, there was some deep spiritual warfare going on. It was crazy. Like... And I was headed to Miami to work for uh, work with 611 Network doing some outreach against sex trafficking. So I was between two very like tearing down strong, like going into the darkness. I was in this middle place and um, where I was, I was just really like a spirit of, of um, darkness and drugs. Like there was just this this neighborhood that I, it was really dark. But here's what happened. Um, and just to side note, what you, what you think about really matters. I started to feel that and it started to freak me out. I started to think about it more. I started to become not, I moved from being aware to being afraid. And then I was trying to like, okay, what's going on? And then I heard the Lord said to me, I'm walking around this town and there were these lights in the trees. It was actually very pretty, but there was some darkness that I was seeing and it was like foreboding. It was just kind of there. I never had it before. I was asking my team to please play for me. There's something going on. And I was scared and I'm not a scared person. I don't usually get scared. I'm usually kind of a charge of the darkness kind of gal, but it was weird. And I'm walking along and I'm just like, my mind was just, and I heard the Lord say to me, Elisa, could you stop looking at the darkness and start looking at the light? And I was like, whoa, I took a breath and he was right. Like, I was missing, like, even the beauty of the lights in the trees, <laughs> the people, the ki little kids that did walk by that were, like, playing. I was just seeing all the dark. I was seeing. My mind perception was overtaking me instead of I needed to change my mind and look at what is right. Y'all, that is a mind shift, and that is a choice I set before you life or death, blessing or curses, choose life, 
choose to pay attention to what is true and right. All right, now I got, I got to go back to my teaching. <laughs> I just had to, I, I wanted to say that because I do know that you're not alone, Stacy. So thank you for being honest. And I hope you hear my, my words, my, my, my emphatic passion inside of me as like, oh, come on. No, 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 you're not done. And there is a renewal thing you got to do, but you got to do something new. And that's a grace empowered thing. And it's a kindness thing. It can't be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you always doing it wrong? See, you'll never get it right. That is an accuser. And that, no. Does anyone have a loud snap? I have a really loud snap. If you're not a loud snapper, clap. Like, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're not letting that voice take us into places devastated and disappointed. God is showing me something new. Okay, so when you came here, you married, you, you, the minute you turned and said God's way, God is such a like, he's Buddy the Elf. I love you. I love, like, he's just like, you're the best thing ever. I'm so glad you're home. Let's hang out. Like he does this comfort thing first. And then he's going to, because he's a father, he's going to convict us, not condemn us. He's going to discipline us, not not destroy us but there's that that because we're loved he wants to father us but first come in let's kill the fattened calf let's have a good time you are a good idea now when when paul says what could separate us like he's saying listen if you're feeling dashed because that's what he's talking about tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness danger right like look at us you guys by the way by the way here we are squabbling over some body fat, some thighs touching. Mm, can't fit in my jeans last year, whatever. And I'm not saying, listen, again, there's some people that really would help you to lose weight, but if you make it about the weight, you'll never lose it. You just put it on the shelf and it comes back. But here's the thing. Paul's talking about tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. None of us are going to really face that today. Maybe some persecution. Probably not going to go hungry because you got a phone and you're on Facebook, so you've got some means. <laughs> Maybe some distress, but not like in ancient times. Like this is, yeah, and he's saying, who shall separate us? Shall any of these things, that's my Monday through Friday, carpool, the PTA meeting, grocery shopping, Bills, like whatever, list your stuff out. Christ is going, or Paul's going, is that going to do it? And he says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. The word separate means it's horizo. It actually looks like chorizo. All, all my Mexican and Spanish-speaking people, it looks like chorizo. That's how it's spelled. But it's horizo in the Greek. And it means to separate or to, to divorce or to depart. <sighs> if you're feeling worried, scared, less than, insecure, shaming yourself, ugly, fat, um, not enough, not enough muscle, not enough this, not enough, whatever the world, if you are feeling dashed, it's because you have separated yourself from the love of God. And here's the thing, God doesn't go anywhere because he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. 
but you can depart from his presence. And you know when you do that, when you look in the mirror and you start to criticize God's design. When you let the, th the message of your thighs rubbing together become louder than the truth of God's word. You depart when you put stock and you invest in this world reality instead of the one that the unseen world is saying, hey, come on in, we can create a better reality. Come on up to your high place. We can think, we can reason, we can create a better reality. Do you want a better reality? Let's reason. And Paul's not only reasoning based on like mythical science, he's remembering, wait, Christ died and was resurrected. 500 people saw him. I've been changed by the love of God. I was once a hater and now I'm a lover of God's people. I've seen signs and wonders and lives have changed. Like his view has now completely been changed for the things of the kingdom. So if you're still struggling, I would say you're giving way too much attention to the things of this world. You're, you're, you're put there. Now remember, we talked about this, it's not your fault. Your limbic brain, your young brain has received lots and lots and lots of messages. You probably weren't loved. There was some rejection, there was some violation and all that stacked up in your primal protect me brain. When you were meant to come higher, where the love of God, the prefrontal medial cortex, you know, if you've done any of our workouts, if you've done any of the workouts, you've had to engage your prefrontal medial cortex to learn something you're actually engaging that high tower, which I'm telling you, that's why people go, no, I don't want to go to that class because I'll be uncomfortable. No, I don't want to do that because I'll be uncomfortable. No, I don't have time for that because I might be this. There's all the excuses lay between a changed life, a higher kingdom living than, mm, no, things always just stay down here. So we separate ourselves. We divorce God. We divorce Christ. We leave him when we give our attention to the systems of this world. Remember I taught you last couple weeks ago about you have divine favor. It was in one of the video teachings. Your chosenness, that your, um, your value, your worth is based on chosenness. You've been chosen by God and given divine favor as a child of God. You have the rights of a child of God. So everything, everything. That's why Jesus goes, greater things than these will you do. So, don't ever let observed disappointment obstruct your ability to see the face of God. I put that on my Instagram post today. Don't let your observed disappointment or anything that's shaming you, your frustration, your anger, that whatever, don't let whatever information you're receiving, don't let it obstruct your ability to see your view to see God's face because it's always shining on you. You've turned away. God says, hey, turn, look back here, turn over here. I got a better story for you. Okay. So separating us from the love of God is because we turn ourselves away and we start to look at the things of the world based on what we've seen, heard, touch, taste, feel. We're, we're having this embodied experience and we believe we put more value in what we can touch, taste, see, feel here, the physical world, the seen world, more than the unseen world. All right, so a while ago, um, I've been asking the Lord, now something we do, something we know to be true, that when you practice breathing, 
observing, slowing down, because the world's not going to give you that opportunity. Life's moving fast now. When you practice meditation, breathing, thinking, and just slowing down and breathing, you guys, it just means, I, I said last week that the mind heals when it has nothing to do. Doesn't mean it's not thinking of anything. It just, I'm just being here. And you put on worship music or whatever you got to do to just be still, the mind begins to heal. It's like the pathway starts to get burned from the emotional brain up to the reasoning brain. When you can just be still, you can't run your way up that tower. You just got to be still and know. Then once you know, you know where to go. Um, now the mindfulness world, the, the world without Jesus and teaching all these true neuroscience things, because we do know a mind heals when it has this place to just be embodied and breathe and not be afraid of this, this home, our bodies, to get in it and be present to it. Because a lot of people that have experienced trauma, they're disconnected from their bodies. Uh, it's a response that the body does to protect itself. So that's why you feel totally bipolar. Well, the Lord wants to heal that, and he absolutely can heal it. I see it all the time. I'm a living proof of it. So when we do that, here's what they say in the, in the mindful world without Jesus, that it allows you to detach yourself from your circumstance. So there's this, uh, the, some Eastern teachings that talk about attachment is the root of suffering. In other words, we... We, we attach, and that's very true. We attach to everything. You know, that's why a baby is born with hands closed. A baby doesn't come out like this. We pull, we recoil, we pull in, and we're looking for something to hang on to, to attach ourselves to. That's actually the word addiction comes from the word attache. means to attach. We're attached to something. So we need this distance. You need some detachment from it. And I'm like, Lord, okay. I get that and I feel that because when I practice just being aware of myself and observing what I'm thinking and what am I feeling and not being so quick to judge myself or the circumstance, I just slow my roll. I feel like I'm getting some distance from myself and like my, my response and myself. Does that make sense? Like you're getting, you get to kind of see yourself. It's like this not outer body, but you're able to step outside and get another view of yourself, which by the way, is repentance. It's to take another view. So I said to the Lord, what, what is that? Like, what is that thing that actually helps us to pull away? Cause I feel that. And I know that, what is that? And I couldn't get anything for a while. And then the Lord gave me this vision today. He said, Elisa, you and me together, we are like magnets. So I wish I had magnets. I wish I had two really strong magnets. I'm going to order some because I'm going to use this in a teaching somewhere. Two really strong magnets. Boom. You ever like just attract to each other? He's attracted. Heaven is attracted to you. And you know what else heaven is attracted to? Your weakness. Because heaven knows. The kingdom knows your weakness. So we're, we're attracted to one another. And now magnets work on opposites, right? A positive and a negative attract each other, and it's like glue. Heaven and earth, opposites, attract each other, and you're married. You're holding on. It's strong. It's, it's, it's got this unity, a bond, but it's based on some opposites, right? Which I'm like, well, Lord, I'm in your design. He goes, hang on, Elisa. So he's showing me this, these two magnets that hold together. That's, that is 
attachment. It's, it's, it's covenant. It's we're so connected together. We're side by side. We're doing life together. Stay with me. But what happens? Hold on. Okay. By the way, I, he said this Christ's blood takes my opposition to God and pulls me into him. Christ's blood. Cause okay. So if I were to flip one of the magnets over, what happens? I've got distance, right? You can't push the two together. Mm-mm-mm. You can't push the two together. Now that's how we were in sin. You cannot push the two together, but Jesus pays a price to flip everything upside down on its head and boom, it comes together. Think about that. Prior to Christ, there was a chasm. I couldn't get to God. My works couldn't get me there. Losing belly fat is not going to get me there. Looking better in the mirror is not going to get me there. But the blood of Christ flipped it. That's why it's called the upside down kingdom. So it actually takes everything that we experience and says, flip it on its head. And bang, once you flip it, mercy, grace, forgiveness, just a mercy that triumphs over judgment. Now you connect. Okay, so us, now here's the difference though. In Christ, now what happens, we're connected to Christ and now the world becomes that place that we're no longer can attach to. We are now um, two of the same bouncing off each other, the world and me. There's just, we cannot connect unless I flip and I'm now connecting to the world again, right? I need to stay where I was and stay with Christ. If I start to focus on the world instead of the kingdom, it flips and now I've got distance and I feel that distance and it causes me to be discontent and to be judgmental, to be scared because I feel that distance right, right there, but I flip it back. So us and the world are like two magnets that have this distance. So here's what the Lord said, Elisa. Whenever you practice, like when you become aware of things, so I'm having a bad day, something happens, my son says something and I feel hurt. And then right away, I feel like I distant from him. The Lord's asking me, at least I want you to observe that. You see it for what it is. And then notice, because you can notice how you're feeling, that's actually joy. Because joy is a certainty that God is in control. If you could view that distance more as joy, (laughs) that joy goes, oh, joy is going to feel this chasm. The love of God for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy was the way that it keeps us from being connected to the world. It keeps us. The joy of the Lord says, I can't even connect to the world anymore. I can't subscribe to its values, its programs. Hey, I'm grateful for being in it, but I no longer can attract to the world anymore. And my ability to observe it is only seen through the lens of joy. Joy is that detachment place because it keeps me connected to heaven. And then I can flip back into connection with heaven. I'm no longer able to attach with this world. God's love keeps joy on us that separates us from the worries of this world. You guys, his joy is the thing you just got to keep on you at all time, because what the joy will do is it'll keep you and it'll keep you attracted to heaven because joy is a certainty that God's in control. You know, it's joy. You know, when joy is the strongest, when I feel the weakest, joy is not happy. 
because happy is based on circumstance. Joy says joy is joy is joy is joy. <laughs> joy is a certainty that God is who he is and that he can do anything he wants. So joy keeps me from becoming an opposer of people and fighting with people and flips me so that I am attracted back to the things of heaven. Please tell me this is making sense. I'm going to get some magnets at some point. But this is why you feel that separation is because you have flipped. You are now looking at the things of the world and you feel that distance. But with joy set before you, it, you flip back and you attract into the kingdom. <sighs> joy is the barrier that distracts, that distracts or detaches us from earth and attracts heaven, attracts heaven on earth. We are more than conquerors. This is why Paul says there's nothing. Only your skewed worldview can separate you from the love of God. Only you making a lot of what the world says will push you away from the love of God. But two magnets, heaven and earth, bang, opposites, but meant to coexist. Like this is how God brings heaven to earth. But when you flip, you now are looking at the world, there is detachment. But even in that, God goes, I've got joy for that, that suffering you feel, that frustration you feel, that whatever it is, that fear. Elisa, that's joy. That'll, um, my joy is giving you permission to observe it and not be swallowed up by it. Now come back to your father's rest and boom, he flips me back in and I'm right where I need to be. The fist works. Does it work? I don't know. I don't think it's working. I want, I like wanna, I want two really big magnets to go, this is, this is what's crazy. It's also, it's quantum physics and like science in like practical truth. We are, as long as we're on this earth, we are not fully complete. So there are parts in me that are not pure and they, they don't have the gospel in it yet. But as I flip and connect to God, he's always loving the hell out of me. Conquerors. The word is hypermakeo. Listen to this. More than conquerors. It means to subdue completely and beyond. It also means to gain a decisive victory. To gain a surpassing victory. This, oh, this is what I love about this is what I love about heaven. Is it goes, your view is still too small. <laughs> heaven goes, your view of winning is still too small. Like I want you to to have victory that even surpasses victory. This is who we are in covenant with Christ. When we keep our eyes, our affections, our attention of our heart on his heart, then we continue to grow from glory to glory to glory. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Y'all, in practical terms, this is my last teaching for you. This is it. And I'm saying, you know, I'm still going to be back here. We'll, do, we'll move on to some other conversation. But to wrap up these 31 days, who can separate you from the love of Christ? What's separating you whenever? And I love to, when you think about separating, it's you're no longer with God. And what was the first question that God asked Adam after he had sinned? After they had done what they were told not to do and their free will went wonky and they did it. What was the first question? First of all, I love that God didn't like yell at Adam. He didn't scream at him. He didn't shout. He didn't 
say something that would be snarky or condemning. He just asked the question, Adam, where are you? Amen. Thank you, Denise. Where are you? Where'd you go? You were right here with me, Adam. We were doing life. We were walking in this garden. You were listening to my word and okay, your free will took my word and did something twisted, but I'm still here, Adam. Where are you? And Adam comes out with Eve. And of course, they don't even like ask for forgiveness, nothing. They just start making excuses. So everyone do this. Do that again. Just turn off the station of the world having more influence over you than heaven's heart. Let heaven's heart influence you more and more. And I promise you this. You won't need to be counting calories. You won't need to worry about if you're enough or not enough, or if you're getting weak, getting old, too young, whatever. You just won't. Those are all the things of the earth that try to weigh you down and entangle you from living on purpose, with a purpose, loving God, receiving his love for yourself and loving kindness for yourself, that he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, and he wants to love the hell out of you continually every day. Whenever you go away from him, it's the fact that you gave more, oh, Siri's asking me a question, you gave more value to the world than you did to him. And he's so kind to say, come on back, right? Bree totally wraps it up to Jesus is so much better. This totally sets us up for next month's theme. Jesus is better. He's better than anything. He's better. And my God, we make it about so much that it's not about. There is nothing in this world you will take with you. Nothing in this world you will take with you. Nothing. Your soul will go on. The contentment of who you are, the ability to have peace and joy and love and all that fruit of the Spirit, that's going to go on. Those things are eternal. That's what it's about. Love it. Thank you, Camilla. She said, the last 30 days, so much weight has fell off and it was more than just physical weight. Amen. Yeah, it's not that hard. And I also, you know, I want to make sure you understand that for some of you, you know, continuing to just pay attention and write down what you're eating and like just to have some healthy guardrails, go on with it. If it's keeping you free, for some of you, freedom looks like I just need to be really mindful and, and I'm in this study, I'm in this deep work with the Lord right now. Great. Are you with the Lord? That's all. Nobody can judge you. No, none of us can judge it. I don't know, but if it's transforming you to be more loving and kind towards yourself and others and more empowered by the presence and power of God, keep doing it. Keep doing it. But if you are still feeling inadequate, not enough in any way, a failure, I can't get it right, you, you, have, you got to turn it off. You're listening to the lies, the accusations of the world, and it's a script that it never ends. There'll always be something else. All right, I'm done. Over and out. Weight loss God's way. Hey, here's the good news. You have the 30 days. It's now in your... Um, in previous challenges, because it was, you know, donation only, we would just put it out for a while and then it wasn't, um, it would expire. 
but we thought this time we're making it available to you. And not only that, it's available to all your other friends or people, so you can get a couple friends to go through it again, work through the days, work through these podcast teachings. We put it all up in the um, content back here so you can find it again and uh, come back on, the official, on this page, and we will continue to move into a season of Jesus is better. He's better. Love you guys. I'm going to pray. I'd love to pray for us as we close this out. God, we thank you. We thank you for the revelation of Paul in the word that shakes us and reminds us that we are more than conquerors because of Christ's love. That he laid down all of it for us. All of it. He gave everything, God. So in return, we turn ourselves completely and totally to you, God. Inside out and top to bottom, Lord. Father, I pray for the courage for those to keep going, keep going, keep going. For the judgment to fall off in Jesus' name. For people that are presumed or assumed they should be somewhere by now. They should have this. They shouldn't do that. All the shoulding, God, we bind and shut the mouth of the lion in Jesus' name, that that is a voice of the world and that we are attracted to the voice of a loving and kind Father, a firm Father, a Father of truth, a Father of light, a Father that wants to show us the ways of the world and how it works so that we might bring heaven to earth. Thank you for the courage you've given us in this time. God, I believe and know that seeds have been planted and now it's the job of the Holy Spirit and one another to water it, God. I pray for appetites for your word to increase, that we would be people that actually seek out the word and more than we do a Google search or a Facebook find, God. Heal bodies in Jesus' name. We ask for complete healing and restoration for unnecessary pain, places in people's bodies that have been connected to unbelief. In Jesus' name, we say bring healing, Father, to feet, ankles, knees. In Jesus' name, bring healing so they can walk in your ways, that there are no reasons, God. Take away the limps. Help us to think about what is true and excellent and noble and praiseworthy. God, take our minds higher. Get us ahead of the curve, Lord. You see these people, you see it happening where there are people who are living whole and healthy lives without you. God, we want to transcend that. We want to go even further than that. Healthy and whole and setting others free. Loving the hell out of people so that we make heaven crowded. We want to make heaven crowded, Lord. Ultimately, you want your children home. So we come home first. Thank you, God, for being so kind, so smart, for having better ways than us and higher thoughts than us. We bow at your feet. King Jesus, thank you. Amen. All right. Yes, the price is going to $29, I believe, soon. I can't tell you the exact date, but it is soon.